If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Begin reading verse 8. Make our way down to verse 14. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for everybody. Look at your neighbor say, it's for you. If there's any question, he goes on to say, for unto you. Now it's personal. He's making sure that you understand it's not just for everybody. I'm not excluding anybody. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This morning for just a little while I want to preach to you the reason he came. The reason he came. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, I sense your nearness right now. God, I pray that you would open every ear, every heart to receive your word today. God, I pray that you would anoint, God, this clay that is here. God speaking, God is a vessel for you. God, I pray right now that your word would come forth and speak to everyone that is here today. And let our lives be forever changed. God, as we grasp and get a hold of the true reason that you came that day. God, and I pray right now in the name of Jesus, sweep through this place right now. Move on every heart and soul. God, do what it is you desire to do today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Christmas time. Christmas time, we celebrate a lot of things. We celebrate Christmas lights. We celebrate the smells of cinnamon and hot cocoa. and We smell Christmas cookies. We celebrate gingerbread houses. And if you're in Texas, we celebrate 70-degree temperatures. Candy canes, snowmen, reindeer, elves, Christmas trees, presents, And let's not forget the one who brings all of these presents to place under our tree, jolly old St. Nicholas. Somehow what Christmas was about has now become just a small part of the world's Christmas season. We say it all of the time. You see the signs. Jesus is the reason for the season. But how many truly believe that today? How many truly feel that way when we enter into this time where we look back on that special night that Jesus truly is the reason for the season? 
You can go into any store right now that has their Christmas decor out, and you will probably find 95% of the list that I mentioned a moment ago, and probably 5% Jesus. The nativity scene and the birth of Jesus in so many minds has become nothing more than a sideshow to the world's great attraction. We've replaced something very real with something very not. It appears as though it's just another story that some choose to read to their children during the holiday season. Nothing more than a fairy tale. I would venture to say if you went to most children today and asked them what Christmas is, we would hear more about Christmas than we would Christ. Kids today know more about an elf on the shelf than they do about a baby lying in the hay. They know more about a visit from St. Nicholas, but do they know the original Christmas story? But we have many here today, I hope, that know that he really did come. We sometimes get lost in that story and, and forget to consider why he came. We get caught up in the dramatics of all that transpired that night and them having to leave and go to a place that was their home country and traveling and, and getting there and not having a place for Mary and the baby and, and stressing out and worrying where, where are we going to find a place and we finally find a stable and we finally see the birth of Jesus and that we got the shepherd and the wise men and the whole nativity scene that we know and we, we can spot it from a mile away and know what it represents and we know that he came, but do we really consider why he came? When man failed in the garden, God was not flustered. He was not taken back or confused saying, what am I going to do now? Man has messed up my plan. God did not have to come up with some side scheme. He did not have to come up with some side plan. God was the plan. The Bible tells us that he was the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Hebrews tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The reason he came was not to shame you. It was not to show you that you were a failure. It was not that he would come and live so perfectly and humiliate you because you could not live so perfectly. He wasn't here to embarrass you and show you, I'm going to show you how to live a sinless life, and when you do it, I'm going to point at you and laugh at you and mock you because you have failed. No, he became sin who knew no sin. He did not come with a strong fist and a whip so that he could scold us. He was not here to throw stones. He could have taken care of all of us without ever having to wrap himself up in flesh. But something was broken. Somebody was hurting. Somebody had made a mistake. Somebody had messed up. Something had fallen out of place. Chaos had stepped in and disorder was inevitable. All of mankind was in this fallen state with no sign of recovery. Lambs, bullocks, doves, as great as those were to offer a sacrifice and to roll your sins ahead, as great as that was for the time being, that would not be enough. For my sins would be too many and my sins would be far too great. But there was a plan 
that had already been set in motion. There was a lamb already slain from the foundation of the world. Prophecies would foretell of his coming. Jeremiah said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Micah said, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of peace and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Though they had all of the prophecies, they knew the word, they knew that he was coming. The world was still not prepared. But he will come, but but why? But why? Why? Because man needs a savior. Then on that night, Herod's very best efforts could not stop his coming. Hell could not stop his coming. I, I don't know the shepherds. I don't know their names that were in the field that night. I don't know their backstory or their lineage. I don't know where they came from. I don't know their parents' names, but I do know that a curtain had been dropped, and behind this curtain, the scene was changing. From Old Testament to New Testament, 400 years since Malachi, man had felt hopeless the silence was unbearable, but somebody was about to step on the scene and change everything. There was coming a herald that was about to speak to some shepherds and tell them, I know you've been alone. I know you've been broken and weary, wondering if that day will ever come. And I'm here to declare to you today, something has shifted. Something has changed. There's a star that is in the sky. There's a baby that's about to be born and from here on everything changes it was the plan he had all at the beginning but now that plan is beginning to unfold and I've come to bring you good tidings of great joy today it's for all people I want you to spread it and tell them the good news it's for everybody the reason I came is because there was brokenness and disorder and I've come to declare to you today for unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That herald showed up to speak those words. He said it's for all people. 
Today, a Savior, he's come to you. One who has come to redeem you, to live for you, and to die for you. He came, a Savior. I've come to tell someone this morning, please don't get so caught up in the Christmas and the candy canes and the Christmas lights and Santa Claus that you forget that Jesus is not only the reason for this season, but that Jesus is the reason for every season. I'm not talking about fall, spring, winter, and summer. I'm talking about whatever season of life you have found yourself in today, whatever circumstance you're a part of today. That's the reason that Jesus came. That's the reason that he is in this place today is because he said, hey, I know what this is all about, but I'm come today to tell you I am the reason for every season. It's for all people. It's for you. I want you to notice this angel did not come and say, now I'm coming to you shepherds exclusively. And telling you something very secret and private because it's only for special people. I'm not coming to you specifically because only you are worthy enough. I'm not coming to you alone because it's just for you and I'm giving you a VIP pass. He did not say this is for the wealthy. And he did not say this is for the poor. This news is not just for those who were born with a great lineage. It's not for the ones who seem to have it all together and dress a certain way and are here every Sunday and every Wednesday and they've got their act together. It's not only for Republicans and it's not only for Democrats. It's not just for my friends. It's not just for my enemies. It's not just for this one and it's not just for that one. The angel said, I am here to declare the good news that God is here for all people. God has shown up just as the prophecies had said he would and he is here for all people. He's here for the addict. He's here for the troubled soul. He's here for your enemy. He's here for your friend. He's here for the person sitting beside you. He's here sitting beside the person that's in front of you. He's here today because he knows that you have need of him. Well, I know he said it's for all people, but you don't understand. I'm not all people because I have hangups. I have flaws. I have a really messed up life. I I had a bad upbringing and and my parents were alcoholics and they beat me. and, And I'm here today by the grace of God as crumbled pieces, not knowing how I'm going to make it. I'm here worn and weary today. Oh, yes. Yes, I came for all people, but let me make it very clear. I came unto you. I came for you, for unto you is born this day a Savior, a Savior, a Deliverer, one who could come to where you are and save you from the mess you are in. That's how I come to you today. I come as a friend. I come as a father. But you need a savior today. You need somebody to come down and make it very personal with you and come down to where you are and come into the season and the storm that you were in and get right in your face this morning and say, I came for you, for unto you I am born, for unto you I am here to be 
a Savior. When he said all people, he meant it. He came for the Jew and the Gentile. He came for the red and yellow, black and white. He came for the drug addict, for the abuser, the accuser, the abused and the accused. He came for the sick and he came for the well. He came for you and he came for me. That greater life church is the real reason that he came. He knew there would be somebody somewhere that needed a savior that needed somebody to pick them up out of the miry clay and set them on a solid rock. He knew there'd be somebody drunk on a bar stool, not knowing how their life was going to get put back together. But God would reach down and say, hey, buddy, I'm here to be your Savior. Come, come to an altar. Come and repent of your sins. Come and let me wash you and make you clean. That is why I am here. He knew that on our very best days of living good, we would still not be good enough. There needed to be shedding of precious, spotless blood. And God said, okay, I've got this. You say, Brother Landon, is this, is this about Christmas or is this about the cross? My response to you today would be yes. Yes, it is. It is about Christmas. It is about the cross. That's the reason that he came. Without a Christmas, there is no cross. And without a plan for a cross, there would be no need for a Christmas. We are here today because of the cross. But first, he had to be obedient. But first, he had to humble himself. But first, he had to come. That word had to become flesh. Otherwise, the cross would have been empty that day and we would all still be lost. Philippians 2, he said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. John said in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Verse 14 said and the Word became flesh. He was made flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Matthew tells us why he came. He said, I did not come to abolish, but I came to fulfill. John's writing, he said, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus said, Thou sayest that I am king. To this end I was born. To this cross I was destined. This is the reason that I came. Mark said, They found him and said, All men are seeking 
seeking you. And he said unto them, let us go again to the next town so that I can preach over there also. It's not just for this group over here. We've got to move on to the next town. We've got to move on to the next place. We've got to make sure that we're at Greater Life Church on Sunday morning because there's people there that I may preach to also. Everybody's got to hear this. This is the reason that I came. Luke 19 says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save the lost. Paul said, I'll tell you why Christ came. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You want to know why God came? He came to save you. He came to deliver you. He came to redeem you. You say, well, I'm chief of all the sinners. Well, good, you're a prime candidate for the reason that he came. John tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved that's the reason that he came he didn't come to condemn you he came to reach for you and say i'm doing this so that through me you can find a way of escape through me you can find salvation through my spirit you can be born again through water baptism you can be washed and made clean that's why I did this that's why I made this possible is so that you had a way of escape Mark 10 says for even the son of man came not to be ministered to but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many John 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. First John, he that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the very beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For this purpose, he was a baby in a manger. For this purpose, he came to the earth that he might destroy the very works of the devil. Luke 4 said, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. It's already said, it's already been spoken. And I'm about to fulfill this prophecy again. You want to know why I'm here? He's about to tell you. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the big shots and the big wigs and the ones that are here today that's got it all together. He said, I'm here today to preach to the ones who had a perfect upbringing and a perfect life, who have no scars, no wounds, no disasters that have shown up in their life, nothing that's wrecked their family and their marriages, no trouble in their life. Every day is just perfect and peaches. I've come to give better vision to the ones that already have 20-20 vision. I've come for the ones that don't don't really need anything, but that's that's why I'm here. I've come to the ones that have come, and they, they feel like, well, bless God, I deserve to be touched today. I deserve to get a blessing from God today because I've just been so good. That's pretty jaded. 
But unfortunately, that's how some of us come into the presence of God. And we think that that's the ones that God has come to talk to today. We come into the presence of God and we think, well, that's why he came today is to talk to those that are really good. That's why he's here today is because he's got something he wants to do for pastor. He's got something he wants to do for the praise singers that have been faithful and they've been worshiping. He wants to bless them and, and he wants to come and move throughout the pews and find the ones that are on fire and full of the Holy Ghost and already doing awesome, awesome things. That's why he's here today. He's not here for me. He's not here to touch my life. You don't know what I've done. I'm here today just because I had to get out of my house. I'm here today because I'm tired of crying. I'm here today because I'd rather be here than in the doctor's office today. But that's not why he's here. The Bible says he opened that book. He said the spirit. That same spirit that's in this place moving right now. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. And to preach the acceptable year of don't you know there were people there that day when they heard those words? It was more than goosebumps running up their back. It was more than a little smirk on their face. But something when he spoke those words reached down and grasped their soul and said, Oh, this is him. Oh, this is him. He's here. And he's here. He said he was here for me. He said that he was here to heal the brokenhearted. I have a broken heart today, Jesus. He said he was here to set captives free. God, I feel captive today. I feel bound today. He's here. It says, and he closed the book and he gave again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. What was he saying? He said, I'm here. I'm here. What you read about a long time ago, what you've been thinking about, what you've been praying about, when will that day come? When will he show up? I'm here. I'm here today. Why did he come? Because we needed a savior. We needed an answer. We needed a way maker. We needed a deliverer. We needed a hand to hold. We needed a light in the darkness. We needed a healer. We needed a friend. We needed a father. We needed a spotless lamb. The reason that he came is because we needed him. But we let our failures keep us at bay. When the reality is that is the very reason he came. My boys have hurt themselves a few times. Grabbing a stick and getting a splinter and blood falling. And they see the blood and, and they hide it behind their backs. And you go, baby, what's wrong? Nothing, daddy. Nothing. In fear that I might 
spank them or discipline them because of what happened to them. Because life happened, because there was blood, because they had been hurt. They thought, well, well, I shouldn't have done this, and now it's my fault, and now I'm going to be in trouble with daddy. Now I'm in trouble, so nothing happened. Nothing happened. I'm just, I'm just, I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't look at it. But when they would reveal their hand and the blood was there, whenever there was the hurt there that you could see, oh, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to make it worse. I'm here to help clean that up. I'm here to put a bandage on that. I'm here to help make that better. But you know, we do the same thing as grown adults. We come into the house, oh, oh, I can't let you see. I can't let you see what I've been going through. God, I'm here today on this pew, God, and I I can't let you see what I've been through. You're going to be so mad at me. You're going to be so frustrated with me. You're going you're gonna to throw me out and cast me out of here because I, I've got blood. I, I made a mistake and I did something I shouldn't have. I, you say, I, I don't have much to offer. God says, that's why I'm here. I don't have a family. That's why I'm here. I feel lonely and depressed. That's why I came. God, I feel like I've stumbled in here today on accident and I don't know what what to do next. That's why I'm here. I have issues and hang-ups that I'm ashamed of. That's the reason that I came. God, I messed up big time. I have sin in my life. That's the reason that I came. The very reason that I am here. It's not because you're perfect, it's because you're not. It's not because you're well, it's because you're not. It's not because everything's just perfect in your life, it's because it's not. He came on that day because the world needed a Savior. But hear me this morning, greater life. He is here today because somebody needs a Savior. He said, are you sick? Call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Matthew 11, he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, all of you that are tired, all of you that are weary, come. Come. That's why I'm here. Come unto me. That's why I'm here. I'm here because you are tired. I'm here because you are weary. I'm here because I've heard your cry. I'm here because you need me. For unto you a Savior is born. I'm here for you. This morning you are the reason he must needs go through Samaria. This morning you are the reason that he has come not only to this earth, but to die on a cross and to lay his life down willingly. Saying, don't you think it could have been easier for me to do something different? Don't you think if I wanted to, I could have done things differently? But I didn't. I became obedient for you. I took upon the form of a servant for you and was obedient even to my death on the cross for you. 
You are the reason I will leave the 99. You are the reason that I will come into the midst of a storm. You are the reason that I am here today. You are that very reason. He's here because you're bitter. He's here because you're angry. He's here because you're frustrated. He's here this morning because you're hurt. This morning, he's not running away from you because you are trouble. This morning, if you see God running, it's because he's running to you because you are in trouble. This morning, you say, well, God, I feel like you're turning your back on me. And he's saying, no, I'm turning around to show you the scars that are upon my back were for you. I'm not turning my back on you to leave you. I'm trying to show you this is why I came. This is why I am here today. This is the whole reason for everything. And I can't let you forget it. I can't let Santa Claus and candy canes and reindeer rob that from you. I've got to speak today and let you know this is why I am here. This is why I came. I came to bleed for you. I came to hurt for you. I came to have a crown of thorns placed upon my head. I came as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Yeah, it's for all people, but honey, it's for you. And it's for you. It's for you, drug addict. It's for you that are facing cancer. It's for you that's in a storm this morning. Praise God. Let's all stand in this place today. Sunday morning a few weeks ago, there was a deep move of the Holy Ghost in our service and people were responding during worship. People were coming up to the front and people were praying. It was a sweet move, the Holy Ghost, but there was still some resistance. There were still so many that were not responding and were sitting in their pews. And I'm not here today to point fingers and ridicule you. I've been there. I know, I know where you're at. But as I was knelt over here praying, all I could hear was a scream. It was the voice of the Lord saying, let me move. Let me move. Let me move. Stop talking. Stop making excuses. Let me move. And I sat over there weeping. And then I heard other voices. The voices of God's people saying, oh, I want to get out of my pew right now. I'm hurting. I want to go to the altar and lift my hands and surrender, but I've done some really bad things. Some things that I should have known better. I want to respond, but I responded last Sunday, and what will they think of me? I want to respond, but what will my spouse think? What will the person sitting beside me think if I come to the altar and just crumble 
and cry and just just groan. I want to, but I can't. I can't because of all of this stuff, all of the thoughts that have been in my mind, all of the things that I've done that I'm ashamed of. And then again, I heard the voice of the Lord. That's why I'm here. That's the reason I am here is because you're in that place. Because you are ashamed. Because you are hurt. Because you are wounded. That's why I am here. Now would you just let me move? Oh, this morning, I want you to yield to God. Whatever he wants to do in your life. Say, God, I can't run anymore. I remove the mask today, the facade, the pretend. I don't care who sees me cry. I don't care who sees me run. I don't care who sees me lay down at an altar. The very reason you are here is because I messed up. It's because I'm a failure. It's because I've done things all that I'm ashamed of. But you're here saying, hey, I've come not to condemn you, but that through me you can be saved. I'm not here to throw stones. I'm not here to kill and to steal and to destroy. I'm here that you might have life life and have it more abundantly. I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm here today for you. That's the reason he came. He came because I needed a savior today. He came because he knew what a mess I was in. Oh, come on, make this place an altar. If you don't want to come up to the front, find a place right there where you are. If you've got to step away from somebody to get alone with God, I challenge you to do that right now. Come on, this is a moment for you and God. It's personal this morning. He's saying, for unto you a Savior is here. For unto you this morning. Yeah. 